Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Renewables, and thank you so much for listening into this week's episode. We're very excited and honored to have Shira Parnas with VTOL Energy. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Shira. You have such an amazing story and an entrepreneurial spirit, and we really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Welcome to Renewables. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited to be here. Um, you know, just from our previous conversations, you guys are into the coolest things. And I heard your podcast, you know, one of your previous podcasts and was really excited for you to, you know, when you reached out and asked me if I would join the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, as a lot of the people who listen to this know, I do a lot on LinkedIn and sort of social outreach. And that's one thing I want to talk to you about later in the conversation is your social outreach is so fantastic. And um, really just kind of seeing, I think it all started because you um, were friends or colleagues with uh, Sean I'm not Sean. Sean Kelly. I know you know him also, Sean Kelly. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. all three of us are on the TIPA Tech Committee. So that's right. Where, that's where I know both of them from. Yeah, awesome. So actually, I want to talk about TIPA here in a few minutes because I think that is a cool organization. It's been really useful for for BioStar as a renewable energy developer, um, and that's it's just such a small network. Once you realize like hang out in the energy world for three or four or five years and you kind of realize everybody knows each other. So, um, but let's focus on you. I want to hear first about your background. You're a self-described energy nerd, which I totally relate to and, and appreciate, uh, and the president of VTOL, a company that you, you founded, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your career and how you ended up starting your own business. Yeah, sure. So um, I kind of got into this space really by, it was a fluke. Like I had a part-time job working at an energy broker and um, I started to see a little bit of traction with, you know, my client base there. I was just a salesperson um, and I, I started to see that, hey, you know, maybe this could turn into something. And I, I was in college, but I was doing it, you know, on the side and I figured, um, this might be there, there might be something to this. Let me give it a little bit more of my attention. Um, and that was where the problem started <laughs> because when I started to really spend a little more time in the energy space and trying to make sense of like what we were doing and really kind of immerse myself in it, I realized that I wasn't in the right company. Um, the company that I was working for was just very, um, you know, they were just a sales organization that happened to be in the energy space. So they were just mm -hmm. like, you know, here, there's opportunity to make money. Um, you know, there was some, there was just like that, those sound bites that you need in order to sell it. But it, there wasn't like a good grasp of, you know, how this industry works and, and where all the different um, pieces fit in. And so, I mean, I just started to have a lot of questions like I, and, and initially I didn't realize that it was in the wrong company. Um, but as I started realizing that like my questions were going unanswered and I was discouraged from really thinking about these things, they were just like, you know, go, <laughs> go sell more contracts. And I was like, wait, like I can't sell this thing because first of all, um, 
I don't know that it's necessarily benefiting this particular customer. Why are you recommending the same thing to every single person? Um, you're always saying it's a good time to sign. Like, how does this whole market work? You know, what are the different pieces that kind of come into play? Um, what's in this contract? You know, what are the different cost components that make up energy? What makes the price high for one particular customer that might have a smaller um, no, a larger volume than another customer in the same area. You know, I just kind of had these like the very those first preliminary questions that um, that had I had answers to. You know, I might have just been like satisfied and you know keep going. But uh, but I just realized like there was a lot more to this than just you know let's go out get a price quote. Um, may, you know best best one of the bid stack just kind of present to the customer um, with, sure. you know, a recommendation that the market's going to go up. Like that, that was pretty much, you know, how they were operating. And I was like, there's just so much more to this. Like what would happen if this customer would not sign any contract? What would happen if they would actually just, you know, um, purchase that market? And what are these capacity and transmission costs? And, you know, how, how does, how does their usage patterns kind of impact things? Like I just started to have questions and um, that really kind of, that was actually when I was like, okay, there's, there's more to here and there's stuff that I could actually sink my teeth into. Um, and, and that's when it got exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you read on your website, you, you talk about this a little bit and just how questioning what you were doing ultimately led you to believe there was a better solution out there. And I think that is really a testament to kind of your entrepreneurial and, and business spirit. Um, I find that, you know, the absolute most effective thing I can do with any of my customers is ask them a lot of questions and, you know, figure out the answers so that you know what solution to provide. And so you talk a lot about being data driven. Um, some of our viewers, just real quick, are a lot are really deep kind of in the weeds of this industry like we are. Some of them, though, are, are sort of at a higher level. So without getting too um in the weeds, kind of explain to us as you started answering those questions, I guess, you know, and, and maybe specifically around data and kind of being data driven. How do you use data and why is it so important to make the right decision for your customer? Yeah. So um, I think kind of everyone in the space knows that there's like the risk reward trade off. And that's not even unique to our industry, but that's kind of like, um, you know, everywhere. There's always the cost versus benefit, the risk versus reward. Um, and, but I, um, how I started kind of putting together the data and that kind of answers the question is um, I was kind of like, look, you know, you could go indexed or you could go fixed, right? Like just kind of speaking to commodity itself for now. Um, and it was, it was a question of, and then there was kind of like the block and indexes, you know, uh, uh, blended, a blended approach. But um, the questions were like, well, you know, how much risk tolerance do you have? And mm -hmm. um, what's, what do you prioritize? Like is secure, is like cost certainty and budgeting more important to you than savings vice, you know, or vice versa. Um, and I just realized like you, people couldn't really answer that question because they didn't really know what it meant. Like, sure. I mean, both are important. Like everybody's kind of like, well, I want savings and I want protection, you know? And, right. and what I realized, what I started to want to understand was, 
what would it look like if they had been market-based over the last 10 years? Like, what would they actually have paid? And then mm -hmm. how does that compare to the safety that you're, you know, selling them? Like, what is the, what is the protection that they're getting? And, and, and like, how much are they kind of potentially paying for it in proportion to the risk? Um, and really just looking at like, in the worst case, what would this have looked like in the best case for their load profile? Cause I mean, it's just a matter of like, you know, the hour, the, these markets are hourly based and there's peak and off peak sure. and there's, you know, the, um, even, even just by month, like, you know, if, if they're, if they're weighted toward the summer months versus toward the winter months, or if they're more flat, like these numbers just look very different. So mm -hmm. I kind of just was like, can we get their profile of usage, apply it to the data, to the market, and then kind of compare that to on an annual basis? How does that look? Um, yeah. You know, what what is the current available fixed price look like compared with the worst case, the best case, the average? Um, and then, you know, you could get like some of our evaluation templates get really granular with like, you know, um, like really, really specific. And then we kind of started to show our clients these numbers, but, you know, obviously um, they don't want to get into the weeds like, like we do, but sure. just kind of like we, we put it together in a way where they can see like what matters to them um, and kind of help them make the decisions using their data so that they're making informed decisions. They're not just like kind of throwing a dart on the wall and saying, well, I don't know. Um, and the cool thing is like when I started to talk to to people about this like end use customers i saw like light bulbs go off like everybody was like yeah. we had these questions but we kind of just settled for mediocrity because we never knew that there were answers and um and i was like no <laughs> you know sure. there's no settling for mediocrity here and kind of just going through um and that's where it started and then you know data now is like that that's really just the basics like data now is is so much more just looking at all the different cost components and then also looking at like different um you know, you talk about renewables and, and looking at different efficiency measures and different kind of things that you could do and, and really just looking at the data and how that's actually going to impact this load and, you know, not just on a kind of um, what, what's their consumption now, what's their, you know, total price per KWH, and then just net that against what their, you know, consumption is going to be. Um, and, you know, it, it's not just that like back of the napkin kind of um, right. kind of analysis. There, there's just, you got to really like build it up from, you know, from the bottom and, and, um, and lay it out like that. Well, I love what you said about helping them make informed decisions because as a salesperson who works, you know, mostly in complex, long sales cycles, you really are always trying to find that right blend. They don't want to be the solar expert or the energy efficiency yeah, expert, but they want to know enough to make the right decision for their business. So really appreciate that. Um, and, and I think there's definitely some kind of synergies with respect to the way we work our customers and how we it's really starts in educating them and making sure they, they understand. Yeah, to really speak to that, like that's actually the like, I think the crux of what we kind of like pride ourselves on, like what we really focus on is um, we'll kind of look at all the data, try to make sense of it, look at all their options, look at all the different ways that they could structure this, you know, especially once you're layering in like, um, you know, different solutions. And, and there's always so many, even if you're just looking at, you know, one kind of, whether it's just solar or whether it's just, you know, LEDs or, or an HVAC upgrade or 
even if you're just looking at one end, for sure, if you're looking at multiple, there's so many different ways that you could kind of slice it. And, um, and the key for us is we have to kind of work whether, you know, we don't, we don't pretend to be um, the, the subject matter expert in each of these things, but kind of like bringing in the right people to the table, having the, um, having that back end kind of due diligence and, and analysis, and then kind of looking at, okay, what is it that the customer needs to pay attention to in order to make their decision? What are the things that they need to know in order for them, like, and then kind of laying out, like, these are the important things that you kind of have to consider and look at um, for you to make the right decision. So they don't have to get into the weeds. We have to get into the weeds. We just have sure. to then know how to kind of simplify it and present it to kind of have the conversation around what they actually do need to pay attention to based on the right. findings, you know, and based on all the numbers and stuff. So exactly like Super. what you're saying. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and it's complex. And so, but I want to go back to your journey for a little bit, because I, I really liked the way you told your story and without, you know, knocking your previous employers, um, you are, you know, asking all these questions. I can imagine someone at that first energy brokerage you were at was like, why are you asking so many questions? Just go get them to sign the contract. And so tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you ended up starting your own company. Cause I, I really liked, I think you made a couple more stops right before you sort of took this leap of faith and started your own shop. Is that right? So, yeah. I mean, I didn't like act not like they weren't too long. Those stops at that point, I had a very specific vision. I was like, I know mm -hmm. exactly what I'm looking for. I don't know what it looks like, but I know what it needs to answer. Like I know the mm -hmm. questions that I need answers to. And I was like, okay, so um, I need to find the right company, you know, to work for, because I started to realize that this was interesting. You know, I got kind of excited about the space and I had started to figure some things out enough to really, um, know, like, you know, kind of what I wanted to see. And I, and I figured, let me go to the next big player, you know, someone who has a big book, who has, you know, a lot of, um, agents and, and maybe, you know, they must have the resources. And so I, I had conversations and, and again, you know, same, same thing. I was like, how are you closing these deals? If like, if the questions I was asking, the answers were always like, well, that's a really good question. And unfortunately, I don't know if I could answer it. So I was like, okay, well, that's not the right, you know, this, this guy doesn't run his shop the way that I kind of see eye to eye with. So um, yeah, I just looked around and I was like, I didn't find the, the, the company that really had the vision that I was looking for. And yeah, at that point, my husband was like, so create it. <laughs> so yeah, that's so cool. So who did you just start the company? Was it just you or did you have any partners or like who was your first hire? Talk a little bit about kind of the early days of VTOL. And then, and then I'd love to hear, you know, as you know, a theme on this podcast is renewing yourself, renewing your business to stay maximally relevant. So I'm interested kind of where you started and sitting here today, looking back, what do you offer your customers that maybe you didn't before? Um, how have you found ways to continue bringing value to your customers? Yeah. Oh my. So at the beginning, it was just me. Um, yeah. And I was just me and my questions, really, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like at some point they brought on um, someone who's now an analyst for me. Um, she was an amazing hire. Like she actually, she just 
knew her way around the computer and Excel in a way that I didn't. So I would kind of look at, I would be like, okay, I have, I have this idea. Like, what if we could like run a calculation that like compares this to that and then build this in and then, you know, kind of like, what if, what if then we also, you know, request this data, whatever it is like, and kind of like now what would happen and, oh, let's add another layer to this. And, and it was kind of like, I just had these like conversations and then she would get back to me with like, you know, like an hour or two later with like this beautiful spreadsheet that kind of like had all the formulas. And I was like, how'd you do that? Like, I, I literally thought Excel was like, I don't know, a way to like kind of keep your data organized. Like I did not know the power of it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I'm envisioning your brain like modeling things. I'm envisioning Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you've seen it with like the chessboard on the ceiling where like she can see what's happening and no one else can. And I'm sort of envisioning that. So, but, but that's hugely, probably hugely important in your business. We certainly do a lot of complex modeling. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not an Excel wizard. I'm, I'm kind of only as good as my support from that standpoint. So it sounds like that was a key first hire. To be like a data scientist at this point and really like, well, honestly, even if I could just do use Excel, like in all of its glory, like I would be good with that. Yeah. (laughs) Every time like every time I want to look at something, it's like, oh, I could just do that. Sure. Like here, you know, and they're just like flying around the keyboard. I'm like, what's that? This is so cool. It's like magical. Cause it's literally like the things that were in my head kind of just like taking shape on the screen. And, and, and like then, and then you could, you could kind of, um, you know, you could just play around with it because it's just pulling in the data. So what if you tweak this, what if you like layer that in, you know, it's, it's so sure. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, at, so we were just the two of us for a while. Um, and for a, like, for a little while, it was, it was really not systematic. Like it was just, I need help. There's more going on here than I could handle. And I also wanted a better way of looking at things. Like, I mean, my spreadsheets were like a mess. They were like, like I had all the calculations that I needed to see, but I, I did it in like this, you know, the, the most cumbersome way. Like I just right. I didn't really know how to like use it. So, um, so it was, so then I, I brought her in and um, it was kind of like, we were just sharing the loads. So I, I was like, well, I, I guess I have to teach her everything I know. <laughs> and like, that way she could take some of it off of me, which is now like, now I realized like how flawed that was. Um, yeah. But that's kind of how we worked. And, and it wasn't the easiest because we, um, you know, I was, I was constantly like, well, well, where, you know, where are we holding on this? And we were holding on that. And we didn't have like a, we, we didn't have like a good system and a good process and a good, like kind of way of, of, um, collaborating. So that was something that we learned like over time. I mean, at, at one point I, I like ramped up and I hired like six people, like within a very short time frame, And I was just like, man, like we need to figure out our systems and our processes. And I took like a deep dive into that. And and I mean, at this point, like that had, that had been like a big focus for us and like, you know, be learning, um, developing our kind of the evaluation process and what those, you know, what the models look like, that was like a huge thing. But then I was like, okay, but if I wanted this to be like operationally efficient, where I could actually scale this, like, we need to have a really good system. So I, I sure. spent so much time. It's it's amazing how when you when you build a business, like 
you know, you have to be kind of like the thing your subject matter expert in is, um, is, is important, but then you also kind of have to either learn or learn that you're not good at and bring in the right people who are good at, you know, all the different Absolutely. pieces. <laughs> well, you're speaking, you're speaking my language. You've addressed some of the hardest, in my opinion, hardest things about um, growing your own business. Hiring is one. Uh, I think hiring is so hard. I, I love people and I can find something interesting or exciting to talk about with pretty much any person that I meet. So sometimes I struggle because I really like someone, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best, you know, for that specific role. And so I've, I've struggled with that. And then just echoing your sentiment about hire people who are smarter than you and who can do things that you can't because it makes a world of a difference and processes. So, so there always is room to improve and make things more efficient and scalable. Um, and that's something that we're quite focused on over here and going into the new year at Biostar as well. So all great topics. So how many are on your team now? So right now we're under 10. Um, and okay. it's funny because like when we had, when we had taken on those, you know, all those people, um, at, at some point I kind of like scaled back a little bit and then, you know, we learned a lot about like what didn't work and, you know, it, it's been, it's been like, it's been fun. <laughs> sure. It's been fun with some very high energy moments. <laughs> yeah. um, but the cool thing about hiring is that I actually not like across the board. I mean, it's still something that, you know, there's, there's always, um, you know, there's always the wrong hire and there's always, you know, the things that, um, that, there's, there's a lot to it, but we actually developed systems around hiring that have mm -hmm. made it like, especially for certain roles have made it like 98% more effective than it was. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like room and, and we actually use like, like systematized um, processes really like for hiring and for everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we speak, we speak the same language about that. <laughs> For, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it's tough. People are the greatest asset, that's for sure. So, um I literally am like my team is like building this company with me. Like I yeah. do not have I wouldn't be able to. Like I don't have what it takes. I have like I have what it takes in terms of like I have the vision, I have, you know, kind of the some insights and stuff like I mean, I'm missing so many things that like each of my you know, each of my key people, just like they shine in ways that like, I just, I could never have done what we're doing without them. Cause they're, they're, they're just like, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm yeah. very blessed. Well, you, one thing that I will say you are quite good at, uh, and maybe I've help here, maybe not, but you're really great at firing up the conversation on social media. Since we met a few months ago, you know, obviously connected on LinkedIn and I just see your posts. First of all, they're they're fun, they're thought provoking, um, but they get so much conversation and engagement going, which I think is amazing. So, what's your trick there? Tell us about your social uh, strategy. The trick is really at this point, I just I just have fun with it. Um, but the kind of method to my madness is that, um, I mean, I'm not like, you know, a marketing expert in any, by any stretch, like that, that's not what I, you know, <laughs> that's not, that's not, that hasn't been my career path. Um, but I kind of, um, 
I think a lot of marketing experts look at like influencing. They look yeah. at how do you give value? How do you show up, you know, as um, as something? And I kind of view it more as like, how do I connect with people? And the, I literally view it as like a 24-7 networking event. And I'm like, I just, I don't know if you know Simon Sinek, um, but he kind of talks about how like people do business with people who believe what you believe. Um, and so like, if you just talk about like things that you're passionate about, then the people who, um, you know, if the people who are passionate about those things will kind of gravitate to you and those conversations will happen. So um, sure. yeah, it's really, it's really just a matter of like, I just show up as who I am. I just have fun with it um, and connect with people. Like that's really, that's really what it is. Um, I mean, I'm down for, a, you know, an in-depth conversation about all the, you know, the whys and the hows any day. I'm down yeah. for a conversation about about really any part of business with, you know, that that's always something fun. I'm also down for conversations about energy. <laughs> um, sure. Those are fun too. But yeah, like, you know, the social media thing, um, it's just been fun. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been, and, and I think that's really, for me, I think that's really the key. It's like, I'm just being me and, yeah. and just, you know, looking to connect with people and, and have conversations and, and give and get, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just real life in a digital form. Sure. Well, you're doing a great job at it. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed being connected. So it wouldn't be a renewables podcast if we didn't talk about sustainability and renewable energy. So um, as we kind of wrap up here in the next few minutes, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you're hearing in the marketplace, what your customers are interested in. Is renewables becoming a bigger deal um, we certainly think it is. And then just to kind of talk about how you, um, you know, as a business and as um, a source of information for your customers, how do you kind of wrap like energy efficiency and renewable energy solutions into your offering? Yeah. Um, so renewables is a big deal. I mean, I think everybody's in agreement on that. <laughs> um, and the cool thing is that like, the industry has made such strides in recent years um, and it just continues to do so. So, you know, things like battery storage that were like not something, they were kind of like the shiny new thing that you hope one day will be relevant. Like that's becoming more relevant in some areas um, yeah. and kind of like, and the creativity that you could then kind of like build in with doing like a solar plus storage, um, you know, obviously the economics have to be there. There's so much analysis of, you know, the right application for it. Um, but just the things that are becoming more available, the technologies that are available now to, you know, to really be able to manage and monitor um, all of these things, demand side management, kind of just the things that have become available and have become commercially available and, you know, especially with some incentives, just economically, um, you know, just makes sense. It's just becoming so much more accessible and it's starting to make a lot more financial sense for so many more businesses um, that I think at this point, like almost every business from, from what I see, they recognize that this is something to look at. This is something that, to pay attention to. And this is something that just like makes a whole lot of sense from so many different angles. Um, and then they also recognize at least, you know, the way I see it and, and kind of like where we see ourselves in this mix is 
there's so much noise in the market. Yeah. There's so many vendors promising and selling their thing. And there's so many things to, you know, kind of learn about. And from a, from like a, a commercial end use customer, you know, a real estate operator, a healthcare operator, a manufacturer, you know, anyone who's running their business and doesn't have an in-house energy department because they don't, you know, they're not quite nationwide, um, you know, like, like thousands of, of locations and just use consuming that volume that it makes sense for them to have, you know, a team of seven in-house or something. Anyone who's kind of just, um, you know, running their business and, and they have, they have really great people to make really good decisions, but, um, but they don't necessarily have the resources to really vet all the, all the like noise and, and kind of make sense of like, what's real, what's not, how does it all compare? What really makes sense to us? You know, you're selling one thing, but like, is that what we need? Or is that just what you're selling? And you're making the case that, you know, we could benefit from it. But like, what if we could benefit more from the next, you know, the next solution? So it's kind of just like, um, being able to filter through what the, what the options are. Cause there are just too many, you know, <laughs> there are too many for someone who isn't like immersed in this world to really be able to make sense of and, and kind of, um, analyze and evaluate and vet for their purposes. Um, that's, that's where I see like our, you know, the thing that we love to do is kind of just really sit with them and look out at what are all the options and which ones make sense and kind of weed through it and um, help them just come to that place of here's what, you know, here, not, not because like someone sold this to us, but because we really evaluated and vetted everything. And this is what we need to be doing. Um, and it's, and it's cool. Cause um, I think the conversation, like the, the, the solutions in these projects are just, they're big and they're exciting. And, and I think like everybody gets excited about them. I mean, first of all, just from, you know, the economics, a lot of a lot of these projects, I think it's exciting, but also it's just, I think people like to be involved in these kind of projects. Companies like to be doing these things, whether it's for sustainability or just, you know, that they're doing some big project. I just, I just think there's so much interest. There's so much, um, there's just so much excitement from people to like, to be involved in these kind of projects and to be sure. like doing these things for their own businesses and for, you know, for their own um, facilities. Yeah. And it feels like that's just ramping up. And in one of our previous conversations, I heard you say, uh, think of us like your outsourced energy department or your outsourced energy team. And I loved that. And I think it's so important going into 2021 and beyond because uh, first of all, to the noise, if you knew how many times people had called me and said, I got a proposal for solar and has a four and a half year payback. Can you beat it? It's like, oh boy. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, no. And it's not real. Right. So you, there's so much of that. Um, but no, it's so important because I've talked to a lot of small and medium sized businesses this year and particularly um, with COVID, you know, being front and center they're like, hey, we want to do solar. We know we need to do energy efficiency. Um, and yes, my title has the word sustainability in it, but they just tacked state sustainability on after director of operations, real estate, and now I'm sustainability, right? And so the folks who don't have those kind of dedicated internal, you know, corporate sustainability teams or ESG teams or whatever, you know, pick your your word and, and plug it in there. 
um, they are really, that doesn't mean that they don't want to be sustainable. It doesn't mean that they don't want to address their energy. It's just, they don't have the resources to. So I think your role in the marketplace, you know, only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I think it's really, really great for, for customers to have a resource like VTOL who can really, like you said, evaluate things across the board, help narrow the focus and help really kind of drive impactful change. So I loved the way you described your company there. I think it's it's maximally relevant um, in today's market. You're seeing so many companies set these goals, right? They set big goals. I want to be you know, carbon neutral by 2030. And, and But they haven't really looked into what does that look like? What does that mean? What do I have to do? And so um, certainly that's where you can come in and help. Um, this has been a great conversation. Um, Shira and I both have the gift for Gab. So I was joking before this, this, maybe this could be our first 60 minute podcast. Um, but we've been on a little bit over 30. Um, everyone go and check out Shira. How do we follow you online? How do we find your company? Uh, what's the best way to stay in touch? <laughs> so right now, LinkedIn is like, that's where I live. Um, yep. just Shira Parnas <laughs> and, um, hit me up. Let's have a conversation. That's, that's really the best way. I mean, everything else is, is I, I, I that's where I spend all my time and all of my attention besides for when I actually work, you know, on the side, but <laughs> right. awesome. Well, we really, really appreciate you making some time to come on the show. It's, uh, fantastic to know you and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed the episode. I look forward to, COVID being in the rear view and traveling again and actually meeting you out in New Jersey. Uh, we have a lot of exciting projects going on out there, so I'm sure I'll be seeing you in 2021. Thanks again, Shira Parnes, president at VTOL, and um, have a great rest of your week. Thanks so much. Thank you. You too. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.